Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Road to Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, joined today by Kyle Dvorak and Denny Carter as we get ready to preview the entire, quote, super wild card weekend, which, of course, begins with an NBC and Peacock doubleheader on Saturday. We got Browns, Texans. We got Dolphins, Chiefs, Steelers, Bills, uh, other teams, Packers, Cowboys, Rams, Lions. Uh, all 32 teams are playing super wild card weekend. Um, yes, so now, that's, why, that's why it's super. Yeah, yes. We're breaking down all six of the wild card matchups. It is an absolutely loaded slate. Uh, we're get the keys of every game, some DFS X factors. Uh, we would be remiss, though, if we did not begin by mentioning two things. First, uh, you may notice I'm not in St. Louis, Missouri. I am on the, quote, road in Birmingham, Alabama. I am at the scene of the crime of Nick Saban's retirement. Uh, where I've been accused of bringing bad tidings. This is not a joke. I have been told I'm bad luck and not allowed to return to Birmingham, Alabama. They kicked you out of Applebee's. They did. (laughs) They did. They did. They did. Um, So Nick Saban has retired. Uh, You know, you might care a lot about that, but it's not the NFL. But we have NFL um, stunning news. Like one day after another, Mike Vrabel was fired. Pete Carroll was – was he fired? Did he resign? It's like a little hard to say. He was promoted. Um, yeah, promoted, of course. Yeah, promoted upstairs to the the great uh, front office in the sky. I was going to make that joke yeah. if you yeah. didn't. Promoted to a and, farm upstate, buddy. <laughs> Come on, man. And, of course, you, Bill, you made the same joke. You made, I did. <laughs> Bill Belichick then was in a four-day staring contest uh, that he did eventually lose. But the New England Patriots agreed not to trade him and uh, let him seek employment on his own terms elsewhere. But he is no longer the coach of the New England Patriots. And uh, So, first off, very clearly, Bill Belichick is going to instantly get another job, right? Yes. Uh, no one's going to overthink this. Uh, what, what is the latest news on potential favorites? I know he's been connected to the Falcons. He had been connected to the Chargers in the offseason, but Dean Spanos isn't really known for breaking open the checkbook. Uh, what are your thoughts on Bill Belichick, I guess? we got to start with the big dog, the greatest coach in NFL history. Right, and he is uh, greatest coach ever with a 44% winning percentage without Tom Brady. Stop, stop, stop. Uh, And I I think, you know. Stop. Cut his his mic. I mean, I can't. I think think the Chargers make sense. But like you said, are they going to be willing to break the bank? Because really, I just don't think Belichick is uh, is into trying to figure out quarterback. He wants quarterback figured out for him and for good reason. And they have that in LA. They have that Justin Herbert locked in. There's no question about that. So he can focus his attention on other things instead of trying to find one viable quarterback like he could not do in the post Brady era in new England. Uh, I mean, do you think the commanders or the Falcons, it seems like they're both going to back up the Brinks truck, but they don't have the quarterback. And do you really think what the commanders have the number two overall pick Denny Falcons, number eight, are either of those like live in your mind? I guess they have to be live if the Chargers can't cut the check. Because I don't think Bill Belichick is coaching without that check at this point. I, he's used to making over $10 million a year, I think. Um, the, yeah. the commanders or Falcons do anything for you or not really? I mean, the, the commanders are interesting because they have that number two pick. Um, and and maybe they can draft one of the, you know, either May or, or, or Caleb Williams, probably May. Um, and, and be somewhat set at quarterback, but I mean, you know, right now it's not looking great, not looking great at quarterback. I mean, Sam, Sam Howell is a career backup. That's very clear. 
Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know. The commanders don't make much sense to me for Belichick. Kyle, you have any, you have any thoughts that on the BB sweep? Where do you think Bill Bel- Belichick is coaching in three weeks time, Kyle? Uh, well, we did have a report from, I believe, ESPN's John Kimes saying that the commanders have no interest. How, how true is that? Like, obviously, things could change. It could be that they have interest in other guys right now when those guys take other jobs. Maybe they they back it up for Belichick. But Bill also Belichick, the fallback plan, huh? Not sure about that one. <laughs> but, uh, well, then, then they're probably not getting him at all, I'd imagine, if they're reportedly having no interest. Also, under this new management, they strike me. I mean, it's like the the... 76ers tanking management that took them over ownership yeah. rather than management. So they don't strike me as a team that would go for this, like, what is it? 70 something year old defense first. Can't figure out offense coach. But I do think that could be like the Falcons, for instance. And like you said, it also could make sense for the, for the chargers in that if he figures out defense, like just stay healthy on offense and you're fine. Like if they don't lose every single receiver on that roster, they probably just keep boat racing teams, at least the extent that they're not as dreadful as they were this year. Defense was obviously an issue, but as it turns out, neither of those things happen. So Chargers makes a ton of sense. The Chargers are a turnkey roster for Bill Belichick. I feel like they do feel like it's coaching. Like man, Belichick's rosters in the past few years, defense wise, they're fine, but they haven't been great. Yet the numbers have been great. They outperform their talent or at least perform up to the level when they have elite talent every single year. That's like 80% of what the Chargers need. And then stay healthy. Danny, I'm surprised you're not propagating a conspiracy theory of Bill Belichick to the Raiders, Tom Brady out of retirement for the oh, Raiders. Oh, man. And, um, I mean, you're kind of off your game. Sure. We'll go with that. I, I mean, I, I was sure Brady was going to play for the Raiders this year. So you were. You were. I mean, another conspiracy can be just the Vrabel Belichick just switch sides. Because I know we've gotten, Rabel, we've gotten Rabel pinned to the uh, the Patriots already. That connection has been made. I mean, I know so Bill Belichick thinks teams. more of himself. Bill Belichick probably thinks more of himself than any, he, he's more confident in his coaching ability than probably anyone else on planet Earth. So he might not be viewing this the same way as us. We're like, I gotta get somewhere with the quarterback, even though he just had the quarterback fiasco in New England. He might just think whatever it was Mac Jones and didn't work. Like I don't have mm-hmm. to have the quarterback, but. It just seems like if this is going to be run, someone's running it back for Bill Belichick's four to five year farewell tour. It'd be extremely foolish to do without the quarterback. And the Chargers have sought the big fish for so long. Just just get it done and do it, and get Bill Belichick to coach Justin mm-hmm. Herbert. And let's see once and for all like how truly cursed this Chargers team is. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're going to test the 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 the, the cursed nature of uh, of the team to see to see if it's. Uh, stadium is actually built on a burial ground. I built on it. It's a, also a, crazy that uh, you know, sort of related. Mike Vrabel got fired on was it tu- Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever it was, and in like a forty-eight hour span, he was the third most notable coach to get fired in the NFL and the fourth most notable football coach to get fired in the no. world. Like, and there is a gap. Vrabel's a he's been one of the better coaches of the past six years. I think he's been in Tennessee. Like, really an elite coach, typically outperforming his team's talent by a lot. And it's just an afterthought in the aftermath of the past 48 or so hours now. Well, it's funny. I think people might try to be like, outthink themselves. Like, and maybe correctly, though, say like Mike Vrabel's through actual big fish in this coaching pond. And we got to like, Bill Belichick would be nice, but we got to get like the young Bill Belichick, basically. Not I can yeah. see people saying that for sure. Yeah. Not that he's the next Bill Belichick, but he's probably going to be the next Bill Belichick. Uh, we are probably going to move on to the next topic. But first, we would be remiss if we did not tell you that NBC and Peacock are kicking off Super Wild Card Weekend with a bang. Our doubleheader on Saturday begins at 3 p.m. Eastern as we lead you up to Browns at Texans, then tune into a Peacock exclusive matchup between the Miami Dolphins and Kansas City Chiefs at Frozen Arrowhead Stadium at 8. NBC then wraps up Wild Card Weekend with an NFC battle between the Rams and Lions on Sunday evening with coverage beginning at 7.30 Eastern. Don't forget, for a limited time, you can get one year of Peacock for $29.99, Sign up now at PeacockTV.com slash NFL. Terms apply. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through... It's true magic, because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? 
also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Good old Peacock. Good old doubleheader football. Good old wildcard weekend. Good old Houston Texans kicking it off. The Houston Texans always playing at 4.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday and wildcard weekend. What better place for Super Wildcard Weekend to begin, guys? And what better network than NBC with the little Texans that could hosting the fighting Joe Flacco's as two-and-a-half-point home underdogs, Denny. These are two of the best stories in football, but it's the Browns who have the momentum thanks to Flacco's stunning late-season play. But can he keep it up for the playoffs? Or is this a situation where the other shoe is primed to drop? I know you've already been dabbling in the storyline for weeks. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm Flacco meltdown curious, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> and this wow. look this has nothing to do with my feelings about about Flacco. I I think it's a great story. I've enjoyed his comeback. I've enjoyed his relevance. His dad energy, just like walking on and off the field, not talking to anybody, sitting on the bench, falling asleep and during timeouts. <laughs> yeah, it's all very relatable. I'm very into it. But the numbers are, are a little concerning. I mean, you know, you, you look at his uh, completion rate over expected, his EPA per dropback. They're all very low. And by low, I mean like extremely low. He's not efficient at all. Um, but he's getting away with it because he's he's trying deep passes and he's hitting them occasionally, like he did the last time he played the Texans when he ripped them for over 300 yards with 250 plus yards going to Amari Cooper plus two touchdowns. Uh, I guess he can probably still get away with it, but you have to bake in a couple picks. I, I, I mean, like that's like inevitable here. Um, he's third in turnover worthy plays since he took over in Cleveland. Not a real stat per Geno Smith. Yeah, right. Yeah. Take, take that how you will. Okay. But, uh, uh, so, but that has to do with the volume. Okay. So if you're going to let him cook, you got to let him cook and you got to just take what is going to come with that, which are, you know, some bad throws. Sometimes we, if you've seen, like, if you grind the film, like I do, you'll see that Flacco has thrown a lot of almost picks a lot. Okay. Um, that I think that that could rear its head here. Um, and, and, and kind of things could go awry for the Browns, although they will stay pass heavy no matter what. So, Kyle, if you listen to Denny talk, you would assume the Browns are the underdogs, but they are indeed the, the favorite for this game. And Houston is the home dog. Only two and a half points. It would be a lot higher in Cleveland, I'm assuming. Uh, but Denny just laid out part of the path. Uh, just hope Joe Flacco regresses to the interception mean. Yeah. Uh, but what is the path to a Texans upset this weekend? Yeah, I don't want to dive too much into the Texans defensive matchup because, you know, we talk a little bit more about fantasy football, but it is a if they can get healthy, like their offense or their defensive lineup is so banged up. But if they can start getting pressure on Joe Flacco, like mm-hmm. he's already on the precipice of making a lot of mistakes and he's he wants it away bad. with he it. Wants it bad. He wants it bad. He wants it bad. <laughs> he he's eyeing a pick six. He's also eyeing 400 yards like he's getting, quote, efficiency by way of volume. You don't have to be the most efficient quarterback in the NFL if your team is confident enough in, in you to let you throw 45 times. Even a modestly efficient quarterback is typically better than the best running team. So, like, he deserves some credit for his team's confidence in just letting it rip. On the other side, for this Texans offense, just keep C.J. Stroud away from pressure, which that's why they're not favored in this game, is this Browns defense is so elite that that's the big make or break for them. If they can keep him clean, if they can keep Stroud clean, he should really have a good day against even a strong defense because when he's not under pressure, he's nearly one of the, I mean, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's nearly the best. He's third, he's third in yards per attempt and seventh in PFF passing grade. When not under pressure, that falls to 23rd in yards per attempt and 25th in PFF passing grade. And under pressure stats are not the most sticky, but this is something we saw in his college tape and his college stats dating back to his time at Ohio State. So I generally buy that. He's, he's a player who's a bit more susceptible to making mistakes, making poor throws, and taking sacks when under pressure. That is a tall order for this offensive line. Laramie Tunzel's great. Outside of that, the line is young and just not the most talented. At least right now, they can still grow. But man, it is a tough matchup for this offensive line. Mm-hmm. If they win, though, like if the offensive line wins the day in the trenches, that's how they do it. Because Stroud can pick any team apart with time in the pocket. Because the Browns, they're number one in defensive EPA. They're number one in drop back EPA. Uh, it's yeah, a very tall. They, they weren't quite as good in the second half of the season, I'll say. But so 
no, there's no path to a Texans upset without CJ Stroud going nuts. I think we know that. Um, but on the other side of the ball, we're expecting Joe Flacco, of course, to sling it. Uh, what are the odds that the Browns receivers go nuts against the Texans defense that is not great against the pass? They're 20th and drop back EPA. Uh, we know, Denny, like you said, mm-hmm. they're going to throw 40 to 45 times. This is There's literally yeah. no universe in which Joe Flacco attempts fewer than 40 passes. What are the odds the Browns pass catchers go nuts in DFS? Yeah, there should be a lot of plays here. This, this game profiles as a game with a lot of snaps. So obviously it's going to be popular probably for DFS stacking uh, purposes. Just keep that in mind when you're making your various lines. Danny, what's your shell? You're, what's your shell you're doing? Right <laughs> well, the cash, look, in, the ca- in cash you're playing Flacco, obviously. Um, right. uh, anyway, yeah, the uh, if, if the – Browns do indeed go pass heavy again. And I, I mentioned a lot of this. I just want to mention my my uh, funnel defense report, uh, which breaks down each game. It's on the uh, site, NBC Sports, uh, if you guys want to check it out. But um, <clears throat> if they go run heavy, it, I mean, pass heavy, it's going to go through Njoku and it's going to go through Amari Cooper. They have combined for 54% of the targets with Flacco under center, 70% of the air yards, uh, along with almost 60% of the first read targets so it's it's them or nothing basically elijah moore is like a, like a tertiary piece at best um the running backs get a, a little bit here and there um but yeah i mean if if your assumption is the browns are going to throw a lot gain a lot of yards the ball and it is going to be back and forth game and then and you're playing flacco because of that you have to also play at least one of those guys in joku or cooper probably both so it's flacco and cat it's not mason rudolph and cash i I don't know. Mason no, Rudolph you want to score points in cash. I mean, well, in both formats. It's Rudolph in a GPP. Points, it's got to be Rudolph in a GPP. No, 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 no. I'll tell you who it is. It's Mahomes in a GPP. We'll get to that. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, Kyle, I meant to ask you during your initial uh, CJ Stroud uh, breakdown. Just So I'm going to ask you about the Texans DFS landscape, but that includes what is the, the, the injury situation at receiver for Houston where they've been extremely banged up to end the regular season? They remain banged up. We have Robert Woods return to practice, limited practice on uh, is Wednesday, but it's their second practice of the week. So what, so like what day is it? I've been on the road all week. I have literally no idea what <laughs> we, day it you've is. You've been on the road and teams play on three different days. So it's also yeah. you have to like realign to which team like this is we're coming up later today. We'll get Guys, to what third. state am I in? <laughs> yeah, you you've been you stopped in my state, too. And I, did. Uh, I heard you had I some did. fun at the airport. So uh, Robert Desperation Woods, was in the air. Oh, yeah, you were. Uh, you were not by me. My flight was on. My flight was on time. No, no, <laughs> they're the desperate, palpable desperation in the Charlotte airport on Monday. But we digress. It was chaos there, and I was there for it. But uh, Robert Woods limited. You're limited in your team's second practice of the week, and it's the playoffs. I think you're pretty likely to play. No guarantees. Pretty likely. Noah Brown back to back DNPs. He still has. You know, we'll know unfortunately a little later than this show drops, but we'll know soon what his status is, or at least have a better idea. Back-to-back DNPs and did not play last week and maybe not a week before that as well. He seems less likely. And that brings them to Xavier Hutchinson and John Mechie. I think we'd possibly see more uh, Xavier Hutchinson. But we're also just going to see a ton of 21-13, like literally anything that isn't 11 personnel. Like they'll use a fullback, they'll use multiple tight ends. That is really good for Nico Collins. And if Robert Woods plays, really good for him. When you're putting those guys out there, even if they are running routes, it's easier to draw targets because they're not wide receivers at earning targets, but typically they're going to be blocking. That's what they've done the past two weeks. They've had extra tight ends and fullbacks into block. And that's meant like 55% of their passing plays have come out of 11, which is extremely low, even for their standards, which it was 74, I think percent through the first 16 weeks of the season. So it's going to be two wide receivers on a lot of plays going out to earn routes. Really good recipe for Nico Collins, obviously having a great season to close it. Maybe close it out. We'll see if they win this game in the playoffs. But then the number two receiver, which I'm guessing is Robert Woods, to both just be peppered with targets. Any final thoughts in this game, or is it time to move on? I, th- I think the Texans will be tempted to establish it here and to play smart and play balanced, and that <laughs> will result in a loss. I wasn't going yeah, to put you guys on the spot, but I, what is, Denny thinks the Texans will lose. What do you think, Kyle? I think they I think they lose, but I'm gonna give them a little bit more credit. Over the like second half minus two games that Stroud didn't play, they started getting rid of that run run pass nonsense. Like they they were atrociously run heavy on early downs, despite being terrible at it and really good at passing on early downs for like the first two months of the season. We finally got to take some of that sort of uh, hiding of CJ Stroud, who didn't need it, 
out, and then obviously he gets hurt with the concussion, but they came back with a top 12 uh, pass rate on early downs in the final two weeks of the season. Not quite where it was earlier during the, the renaissance of that team in the middle of the season. They started to really take take the, the reins off of Stroud. Maybe this is a spot where they choose to put them back on, but I'll say I think they do the smart thing. It's a very fun game, and they lose they lose a close one. I think the Browns go marching on, and they, I think they can also withstand even two or three Flacco picks. To be honest, I think mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be pretty tough sledding for CJ Stroud. Maybe not in DFS. Maybe in the volume to get home in DFS. I do. I'll go three for three and say the Browns win this game for this weekend's Peacock exclusive game at 8 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. The Miami Dolphins leave behind sunny South Florida to visit the frozen plains of northern Missouri as four and a half point underdogs against the Chiefs, Kyle. With the temperature quite literally hovering near zero, dipping below zero, we now know. And the Dolphins, the most injured team in the playoff field. This reads like a fiasco set up on paper for Mike McDaniel's team. What should their number one priority be on offense as they try to spring the upset? A team that was the number two seed for months and then coughed it up in week 18. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to say, like, establish the run, play like a low-scoring, like, Chiefs aren't that great of an offense, play a low-scoring game, try and win the 20-17 to or whatever, but, like, you tell me the Chiefs don't score a lot of points, which they haven't this season relative to years past. They've been held under 25 in 11 games, under 30 in all but three. Like, they can change. Like, we've seen them turn turn the gears on in the playoffs. They typically also do that late in the season, and they didn't do that late in the season. So that kind of tells me, like, this is a flawed team. And for a team that I don't feel confident can put up 30 points, they can, but I'm not saying, like, oh, Chiefs are locking in 30 every week. We used to say, yeah, just shoe in 30. You got to you gotta put 45 on the board. You need like three long Tyreek plays to put up 21 points. And we've seen this team lose many times this year to their opponents scoring somewhere around the ballpark of 20 points. So I actually think they should lean into the volatility, mostly also because like Chiefs have a great run defense. They play zone rushing schemes really well. They limit explosive plays like they're just a great defense. They don't have an obvious weakness. They're like, oh, let's just run like let's just run power football. Like they can also beat that too. So lean into the volatility. If you're an underdog who also plays an opponent, I don't know if they can drop 35. Like let's find out if the Chiefs can win a shootout. They've hardly done that this year. Try and push them to that game state. I think you have to lean into the volatility in this kind of weather environment too. One of my hobby horses is we always talk about the Packers. When it's quite literally zero degrees, in this case under zero, that levels the playing field to a degree that basically no amount of injuries can. Like you're kind of just like grasping for anything, trying to like like stay alive out there <laughs> and like hoping you hit a big play. I think you need to to lean into like like high variance plays and maybe some big plays because this game is probably going to come down to fumbles. A lot of these, a lot of those Lambeau Field games where it's zero degree, it comes down to like who fumbles the least. Like you can't feel your hands. You can't hold on to the ball. And the Dolphins as the underdogs, especially, I think really need to lean in to what Kyle's just laying out. By, by the way, can these teams play like in a normal environment? First off, they played in quite literally Germany. And now they're playing with, with the temperature. And that game was wild. There was the, was the crazy Tyreek Hill fumble and the game ended 21-20 or 21-10 or something. The Chiefs looked like they were doing great and they didn't score. I don't think a single point in the second half, like, a really weird game. It was a really. Re- I just think that you're totally. I think the Dolphins, they're, they're, they've got to be frustrated that they don't have this home playoff game. They were locked into a high seed for so long, um, and they're they're probably feeling like they're being disrespected. They're probably feeling like they're better than the record than their seed says. But I think that they're so they're they're probably pretty sore about being in what amounts to a coin flip game because of how horrible the conditions are. I think they just need to lean into that. Hope fate is on their side, and they move on. Uh, Denny, if the Dolphins' offense is banged up. As Kyle alluded to, the Chiefs has just remained stuck in neutral. What is the state of this Kansas City skill core entering the playoffs? Well, Travis Kelsey, for one, has not had much success against Vic Fangio defenses. Uh, I, got, I saw these numbers on the X machine from uh, Jared Smola, who can be found at Jared DS. On, really, really on, smart guy. On X, yes. Very, very good resource, Jared. Uh, so here, here are uh, <laughs> Travis Kelsey's uh, stat lines against uh, Vic Fangio in recent years. Uh, three catches for 14 yards, four catches for 34, three for 27, eight for 136. That's that's a good one. Uh, three for 31, uh, and then uh, six for 44. So um, <clears throat> fairly limited. And I think him, you know, aging, uh, like like we all are, 
uh, and uh, not. Uh, not I'm not <laughs> dying for a lumbar pillow right now behind my back. Um, I I didn't I quote hurt my hamstring running in the neighborhood today. Um, wow. I don't know who told you that, but uh, yeah. So I I do I do think that uh, Kelsey can be probably will be contained here. Uh, Rasheed Rice probably is the best pass catcher they have at the moment. Um, you know, best pass you catcher look, in the NFL at the moment. That's what I meant. Yeah. Uh, you know, he has at least six catches over the past six games. He was ninth in yards per route run this season, which really impressive. He trailed only Debo Samuel in yards after the catch per reception. So he is tearing it up Man. after the catch. And the Chiefs are smart enough so that they are putting him in position to gain those yards after the catch. You know, they're they're throwing it to him on the run uh, in the middle of the field. Um, and uh, and it's working. It's working quite well. So as far as the DFS play, I'm finding it uh, exceedingly difficult to fade Rasheed Rice here. Um, I don't know, Kyle. What do you think? You think Rasheed Rice is going to be chalky in this environment? Probably. He's. I mean, I mean, I maybe because of this game environment, he'll lose a few points of ownership. But yeah. I think people are going to look at the game logs and be like, "Oh, she has been better than Travis Kelsey. Like just right. straight up a better." real life pass catcher yeah like most of this season basically since they gave him a full-time role they probably could have just given him the full-time role in week one especially given the other receivers I mean, they were trotting Kelsey has yeah, I'd, the, I'd imagine he's popular sorry but kelsey has gotten to the point where he is a disgusting contrarian play yes i know like, it's, it's insane I, and, and and his price point on DraftKings is crazy crazy low 61 i think um as for i i did want to mention i mentioned this in my uh funnel defense column uh, when these teams played during the regular season, uh, Kansas City passed the ball on just 54% of their snaps in neutral game script. That's way, way below their season-long rate of 64%. If they approach this game in the same way, it should mean a lot of touches for Isaiah Pacheco, who should be back here. That was just a nod to the conservative German culture. That was the <laughs> <country. laughs> abide by local customs. That's um, that's just nice. That's just a nice American thing to do. Danny, do you have any sicko Chiefs DFS plays? You didn't really get very sick to me there. There's only a six game slate at most. Uh, yeah, give us some of the bad plays. You're to play all the good plays. Come on, it could be a two game slate. It could be a five game slate. At yeah. most, six get sick. Come on. I, I don't know. I mean, Justin Watson, you want to get, I, you want to get real sick. I know. You know, well, Justin like, Watson's yeah. not even sick. He doesn't even do it for me anymore. No, wait, wait. MVS, I, go back to MVS. Yeah, MVS. Last two games. I don't think MVS played much in week 18. The two games before that, it was like a high seventies oh. and low 80% route rate. Like, I mean, he's done that for a bunch of the year. Sometimes they tried to pull him off, but like they send him out all the time and he's in a portion of the field that is very valuable to get targeted in very volatile but very valuable in that he is downfield. His quarterback is a great downfield passer. All of those things would make you think he would blow up you once this year. Maybe it's the hey. Guess Maybe who had not. his best game in the playoffs last year? His name yeah. is Marcus Valdez Scantling. Yeah. Okay, all right, all right. You want to you want to get sick? I'll get sick. I'll you you it. asked for it. I'll, I'll give it. The, I'll give it to you. Nicole Hardman. Nice. I thought, I thought you were going to say CEH is healthy. Nicole <laughs> oh. Hardman had had eleven targets last week with nobody playing, of course. But mm-hmm. maybe, maybe they saw something in him and said, hey, I remember this guy. Maybe we should throw it to him sometimes. It's actually, honestly, he's a good sick play. He <laughs> really is. Sick. I take yeah, him at the end is. of some of the, the playoff best ball drafts. Like, oh, I, if he pops up once in the Super Bowl. I need right. to get I need to get on making my lineup for that, by the way. Not a best ball. The Chris Wilson extravaganza, Kyle. Are you in that, by the way? I don't know. We, we need to get so. you in that if you're not. We need to get both of you in that. Chris, if you're out there, get Kyle and Denny in that. Uh, uh Kyle, Dolphins DFS play, sick or otherwise? Uh, sick or otherwise, I'll, I mean, I'll probably be, I wonder what the like ownership for Dolphins in general is going to be because people are like terrified of both the injuries and not looking at quite like the Death Star levels they were earlier in the year and the weather in this game. Like, I feel more confident in just like stacking this team as a whole than probably the field does. But I will say, if you need a sicko play, Durham Smite, like, He's out there a bunch. That's that's sick. Denny's out here saying, oh, oh he's, I don't know, he's basically Watson. the MVS of this team and that he's out there a bunch and does nothing. He just doesn't go downfield, but also he doesn't have to because tight end is like, if Kelsey's not Kelsey, this could be a very easy slate where one one-off touchdown for the Dolphins or, you know, for Smythe, that's all it takes. So. 
Denny, the problem with Justin Watson is that I liked him as a sickle play before it went mainstream. He's been yeah, a sickle right. play for too long. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're right. The, uh, the hipsters have lost Justin Watson. Um, yeah. the, the roster ship numbers that I have uh, have the Dolphins at crazy low roster ship. We, we're talking Tua at two percent. We're talking Mostert at seven percent. Um, let, let me let me check j- just real quick. Uh, it could be too much hype. Well, as Denny's checking this, it is. Yeah historically bad weather like it really is like historically bad weather so yeah the Tyreek, cold weather it, stuff is not as scary as like snow and wind there is it's a point not but if, I mean, if you watch bad, any but... of those aaron Rodgers games lambo man i'm telling you they are just fumble luck games that's mm-hmm. really what they are like they devolve into fumble luck which is games. why every team should build a dome obviously true. um true. uh tyree kill at 27 so that that's that's normal uh, 27% roster ship, I, su- I should say, just for the... I'm, I'm trying to speak you looking to the at, general audience. Uh, Jalen Waddle. Are you looking at the two-game slate or the four-game slate? I assume. The six. Oh, the whole sixer. Big six. Six. Yeah. Is that, it, should I be looking at something else? I, I I thought six would reflect like what most people are playing. Or no? I'm doing the sixer. I'm, I'm doing no the sixer. Um, um, well, anyway, Jalen Waddle's at 8%. Could be interesting. Oh. If you play interesting. That's uh, a lot of Chiefs Dolphin stock. We're moving on to the team that nobody wanted in the playoffs, visiting the team that seemed determined not to make the playoffs, but the Steelers <laughs> arriving in Buffalo as 10-point underdogs, Denny Carter. You talked a lot down the stretch about how the Bills were playing not to lose more than they were playing to win. But is there any realistic way the Buffalo Bills can cough up this football game? Yes. I really do think that they they are capable of losing this game. You know, I know they won. I know they beat the Dolphins on Sunday Night Football last week. But, man, they tried not to. They tried so hard to lose that game. And they ju- the Dolphins just wouldn't give in, you know. And, and credit to the Dolphins, you know, credit for that. The Dolphins. That's why they're now going to uh, a subterranean football field you, in the middle you of You had America. two teams that were bound and determined to lose that game. Somebody had to win, and I guess it was the Bills. Um, they're they're so scared. They The Bills are just playing so so scared unless unless sean mcdermott you know has a has a has a moment has an epiphany right going into the playoffs where he's please no no more sean mcdermott epiphanies by the way i want to avoid those but uh and and let and let's josh allen just cook uh that you know i think that they will play slow enough they will there will be this will be a low volume game on both sides of the ball the steelers will do everything they can to just run it like it's like 1957 here and uh, uh, not turn it over, not commit mistakes. I think it'll be a close game. I think it is one where a, a, a boneheaded mistake or two on the part of the Bills and Steelers win this thing. Really? Real quick. No one's talking about the Buffalo weather. I just pulled it up on my phone, and it currently says it's heavy snow right now in Buffalo, and it has the snow emoji for the next, like, five days. Yeah. It's supposed, it's supposed to be snowing in this game. Uh, anyway, I'm not I mean, sure about this. The Steelers, the Steelers are just going to love this. I mean, Mason Rudolph could yep. drop back. It could be one of those things where he drops back like seven or eight times. Uh, so, uh, well, I was about to say, man, I don't know, seven or eight. Uh, I feel like, Kyle, there's no path to a Steelers victory, even if it's a conservative run-based game plan that they can win without Mason Rudolph like kind of w- working that connection with George Pickens, who we somehow unlocked in week 16 and 17 before I believe not targeting him in week 18. <laughs> That's uh, right. What are the odds Mason Rudolph and George Pickens find success against the bills? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to have to be based on efficiency because I don't think it will come through volume and Pickens isn't a high volume player in general. Anyways, even in his blow up games, you pointed this out. You're like, Oh, great game. You know, 150 yards, hundred, another hundred yard game. Four targets. That doesn't seem like a lot. <laughs> you know, Deontay still got a bunch in this game. Like yeah. it needs to come through efficiency because I don't think it'll be through volume, but do we really think they get there against a top 10 pass EPA team when the opportunity to run the football is right in front of them? The Bills rank outside the top 20 teams in rush EPA in three Mason Rudolph starts. They have passed on 27% of their early downs. They won those games. So, you know, let's take away the portion of the games that were blowouts. Let's say take away the 30% win probability or less. So games that had 70% 70 chance of being won by either team, doesn't matter. They're still 30%, just over 30% in terms of early down pass rate. They, I mean, maybe this is part of the strategy, but they do not want to see Mason Rudolph throw the football. Like let's let's keep, keep ourselves on pace or whatever. Keep the drive alive on first and second down with not the best runs. 
and then pray George Pickens come, comes down with one. That has worked so far. That has gotten them back to back to back wins, I believe. But man, I think they are going to just run until they lose. Yeah, Mike Tomlin's going to have something special planned for this game. Like it's going to be. We think we've seen full Steelers. You guys have got me thinking. We're going to see a level of Steelers that heretofore we did not know existed. I, I, I think I we're getting no- some Wildcat. I can see some like Jalen Warren Wildcat. <laughs> Sorry, um, Denny. Yeah, no. I, <clears throat> so Jalen Warren leads the team in receptions uh, during the Mason Rudolph era. That I did not know. Wow. Um, and also, uh, Najee Harris has a crazy lead in in uh, carries. I'm trying to find it. Um, he let's see. He's averaged 25 and a half touches per game with Rudolph under center. Warren's averaged only 14 and a half. So I mean, wow, wow it's Najee's season. It's not like 25 and a half and 14. That's still so many running back touches combined. That is so many, right? So many. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. And, and, but, and the Steelers are all in on the narrative. Like you give the, you give the big boy the ball when it's cold, <laughs> when it's cold outside, that's what you do. Uh, and so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happens in this game. Najee Harris is, is getting 25 touches. 25 times. So I'm assuming you have uh, full exposure then. I have, one, I have 106%. All right, that's not a little overweight there. Wow, uh, <laughs> Najee Harris this weekend. Uh, so, Danny, we talk a lot about the underdog Steelers for some reason. Uh, the Bills, uh, they've got a lot of interesting storylines in offense with Steph Diggs struggling. Gabe Davis injured. How injured is Gabe, Kyle? Uh, what's it looking like? His status? Has he already been ruled out? Um, uh, no. He has not been already ruled out. I, I guess he gets a questionable tag. I, I truly don't know if he plays through it, though. Okay, Steph's injured. Gabe is not injured. Steph's struggling. Gabe is injured. Denny, do the Bills have a weapons problem against a, a really good Steelers defense? One that is missing TJ Watt, though. I mean, look, they refuse to use Stephen Diggs in the slot where he's been much better. I mean, look, any elite receiver is so much better always in the slot. Uh, that's how CeeDee Lamb has just destroyed teams over the past like two months. Is They were like, okay. You're going to play from the slot CD and you're going to gain 180 yards every single game going forward. <laughs> every half. Um, and yeah. And, uh, and, and, but you know, Stefan Diggs is still being forced to win on the outside for the most part. That's going to be tough sledding. I think for him, especially maybe in, in, in some weather, we'll see about the wind. Uh, Don Kincaid, I guess would be the guy to benefit from a Gabe Davis uh, absence here. Uh, but overall, I'm just, man, I just find it a ho- very difficult to convince myself to play anyone in this Buffalo offense besides Josh Allen, who uh, is going to be super chalky, just so everyone knows. Josh Allen, the final five games of the season, had as many interceptions as passing touchdowns, five apiece, uh, but he had six rushing touchdowns. And he yeah. was ch- he was achieving like previously unknown levels of Josh Allen-ing. Like, yeah. I didn't think Josh <laughs> Allen had any further essence he could be reduced to. No. And then still somehow found like an- another new like core at the center of Josh. He Allen refuses, to yeah. Him. He refuses to not get away with it. He, he absolutely <laughs> refuses to not get away. Really, is anyone concerned about the weather of this game? Like seriously, I haven't he- actually heard anything about it. Is it supposed to be? A I've heard a little now? bit, but uh, I think you you just have to like monitor it on the the day of of the game. I think it'll be nasty, but it, unless the wind, unless there's a lot of wind, I'm not too concerned. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With hopes as high as they have been in years, the Dallas Cowboys host the Packers as touchdown home favorites, Kyle. The McCarthy Bowl features two high-flying offenses that got better as the season progressed. Is this going to be the shootout of Wild Card Weekend, Super Wild Card Weekend, or is there any way the Packers can and excuse me, is there any way the Packers can win it? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the Packers are, I, th- I think they're going to have to win with a shootout. But the thing is, they can do that. We've seen, I mean, just incredible football over the second half of the season from Jordan Love. He had a hot streak. I think it was like three games early in the year. Got a ton of yak and then completely regressed. And you're like, oh, you know, everyone who's like Jordan Love's a bad pick, they all got to go onto Twitter and have their victory laps. But like Love has just been straight up dealing over the second half yes. of the season. Since week 11, he is first in PFF passing grade. He is second in total passing touchdowns. 11th in yards per attempt and I thought well okay it's a, it's a good defense they're going to be able to get pressure on him that will rattle him he'll probably have a bad game he has not struggled under pressure over the second half of the season second he loves season. it he loves our man loves free he thrives in it dude he yeah. and he makes some really <laughs> sick throws like he just has some really like he contorts himself kind of the way Mahomes does to get like oddball throws off that just laser into their spot he, so he is yeah. second in PFF passing grade under pressure and six in yards per attempt since week 11 I think they have a good chance of keeping up their side of the bargain of this shootout. Jordan Love looks like a, a guy I remember from Green Bay, name uh, mm-hmm. name Aaron, name Aaron. He was uh, he's, well, he's, he's like he's like Rodgers and Favre, but with like a weaker arm. Uh, the arm is not like a ama- it's not bad, but it's not like amazing. No, it's it's not like Rodgers. Yeah, no, or yeah, Favre. No, uh, no, but man, he he loves the Gonzo ball. Like we are really starting to love. And uh, Kyle, you're laying out. All his amazing second half of the season stats for Jordan Love. He also beat the Christian Watson allegations because yes, his first yeah. hot streak was when Christian Watson came back, and then he was bad for like a game or two. Like, well, so he's fine, but he needs that Christian Watson. No, he doesn't need anybody. Every pass, <laughs> he Watson, <laughs> and he just sure. goes out there and still goes crazy. Right, Christian Watson going to play in this game? By the way, Maybe. Finally seem like it's, he's looks back. like it. He was he was limited in practice to open the week, and obviously, like his is a. I'm a bit more skeptical of just because he's been so banged up, and every time he comes back, he seems to get hurt again. But like, it's now or never, man. So, and, and you're practicing, and I think he practiced a little bit last week, if I remember correctly. He did. So, you know, do, two weeks. Oh, two so weeks do, of practice. I know what you're going to ask. Go ahead. Do we have 100 percent exposure to Christian Watson in the GPP? Um, Turn not 100 percent, but it's got to be like if you get six percent, you're 100 percent over the field. So <laughs> we're we're, yeah, we're doing tournament lineup, Christian Watson. You better believe it. <laughs> I'm in for that. Like I think I think this is a really good game, and I, I think that people are going to be afraid of the Packers receivers because like outside of Jaden Reed, it's really difficult to say. Like we just don't see any. We haven't seen the whole crew play together. Like no, ever. Like honestly, do you I think that's honestly almost a concern, Kyle? Do you think that's almost a concern? Like being at full strength is very good. But like I, I almost feel like with the Packers have not had these guys all healthy at the same time, like that maybe things are out of sorts or he's not sure who to target in certain situations. I mean, this is obviously a very galaxy brain take. <laughs> but I almost wonder if he would benefit from like a condensed target tree for this game instead of having everyone out there running and just being like, oh, man, I don't actually know who to throw to in this situation. This is a horrible take. But is there any actual <laughs> clear? I'm going to say bad take. I'm going to say bad take, mostly because like he – this is sort of the environment that he, I don't want to say he thrived in. He didn't have all the receivers, but he didn't have a consistent rotation of receivers like at any point. Jaden Reed was leaving games nonstop. Dontavian Wicks was banged up. So it's not like he's like finally like, oh, they're shuffling their receivers on the final week. They have shuffled their receivers even mid-game week in and week out, and it still works. And that doesn't even factor in Luke Musgrave, Luke Musgrave missing time. Then they have to put Tucker Craft in. Like, they've never had a consistent rotation, and the lack of consistency, even over the second half of the season, has not hurt him at all. And I also, I wouldn't be surprised if Christian Watson comes in for, like, 30% of yeah, the snaps, yeah, yeah. designed plays. Like, that's how I would probably use him and prep him for those plays specifically. And Jaden Reed really has been a GOAT game lever. Like, <laughs> Luckily, Reed he's like scored two again. touchdowns or gone <laughs> over 100 yards before. No, he's a game lever, but then he, he comes back. Like He's just becoming mm-hmm. one of those guys where the, like you're getting the weekly uh, Jaden Reed getting stretched out. Uh, hopefully this isn't too serious. Yeah, I mean, Jaden Reed doubtful to return. Oh, long touchdown. There he goes. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a Debo. He's a Debo clone in more ways than one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Denny, we've talked a lot again about the underdog. Uh, from the Cowboys' perspective, is there any possible way for this embattled Green Bay Packers defense to slow down what has just been a genuinely elite Cowboys offense for months now? No, the answer is no. <laughs> and it gets worse, though, uh, because we just got news that Jair Alexander injured his ankle in practice Ooh. and wow. uh, is now day-to-day, according to Matt LaFleur. So, Yikes. We are we are looking at a, a, an already bad Green Bay defense without its top corner uh, against Dak Prescott. I believe I, I believe the kids call this a smash spot for the entire 
uh, Dallas offense. I, I, I mentioned in the funnel defense report how extreme of a run funnel the Packers have become. It doesn't mean quite all that much against the Cowboys, the way the Cowboys have operated over the past like eight or 10 weeks. I understand that, but it could be the one place, the one place maybe where Tony Pollard could get there. Maybe, you know, I, 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 I nobody's going to be on Tony Pollard and that's what you have going for you. With Pollard. Will this be sick enough for like Cavante Turpin season or uh, oh, no, but it's I, sick enough for Jalen Tolbert season. Uh, I don't Cause know. he's basically splitting that number three role with Gallup at this point. I was going to say it's sick enough for Dowdle season. Oof. Yeah, that's sick, that. too. <laughs> oh, that's, that's absurd, even in a six-game slate. Oh, oh sorry. Turpin, <laughs> uh, who runs three routes a game, yeah, he's going to do it. <laughs> so, uh, Kyle, you talked a lot about the Packers receivers. I didn't hear you say, who is the one Packers DFS play if you had to play one and that receiver core? I mean, it's Jaden Reed, but especially because I like pairing him with Jordan Love. Like, I think if you can get the, you can afford a, you know, maybe a potentially chalkier piece at receiver if you're correlating him and getting more points every time he catches a pass, assuming it's positive yards, with a low owned quarterback, at least a modestly owned quarterback. So I, I like Jaden Reed. I do think, like, I think this receiver core as a whole will probably be underrepresented in lineups. Maybe Reed's like the one exception, but because we don't, we don't know. Well, I do feel good about this team putting up points. I know someone's going to get there. At least my inclination is that some of their receivers get there. I don't think people really strayed too much away from the Jaden Reed and that's it. So like, especially maybe a Dontavion Wicks, who people are going to question if he even stays in the lineup with Christian Watson back. Wicks has been good. Like, I think he's their, Real good. maybe their second best receiver. Uh, it's difficult to say because Watson really just isn't healthy. He might even be better than Watson when he's healthy. Wicks has been really good as a rookie. Hosting their first playoff game since 1994, the Lions must first get past the final boss of Matthew Stafford as they try to actually win their first playoff game since 1992. Uh, Denny, they are three-point home favorites. They lost Sam Laporta in Week 18. Are the Lions in good shape, or is this an upset alert waiting to happen against old friend Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams? Well, apparently Laporta is optimistic to play, which just count me skeptical there. Count but, me very, uh, very skeptical. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll see about that. Yeah, I, I mean, this, look, this sets up, this is my objective analyst hat on, okay? Like, I know Lions fans yeah. think I'm a hater. I hate all the teams, so just to be clear. All right, yeah. But, uh, yeah, this sets up for a Rams upset, like, very well, because the strength of this Rams team is in the, in the passing attack and the weakness of this lions of the entire lions team. It lies in the secondary. I outlined it in the funnel report. They are getting roasted by opposing passing attacks, both, both good passing attacks and middling. Okay. So uh, especially in the slot. Okay. From, from the slot. So you have uh, Cooper cup running primarily from the slot, but you also have Puka Nakua running from the slot about 25, 30% of the time. I think that you can like triple stack the Rams here um, with with some sort of run back for, you know, for for the Lions, but I think the Rams are in a. I'm sorry, the the uh, well, actually the Rams are in a great spot here to just blow the doors off this Lions defense. I think I will <laughs> say my counter take to this might be uh, Kyron Williams has still been the engine of the offense, even as Stafford has gone bonkers. The Lions eliminate the run. If they have Matthew Stafford dropping back more than the Rams want him to, it could be turnover season. Because uh, Stafford's done a better job protecting the ball in the second half of the season. I, I feel like that is the Lions' path to victory in this game. Is I think they probably want Matthew Stafford passing. Like, even though they have a weak pass, Stevens, I think they probably want more Matthew Stafford dropbacks for more turnover opportunities. But I could be galaxy branding this one as well. Um, but I, the Lions stymie the run like big time. And it's going to have a hard time being Kyron Williams' season. And, you know, we, we know, like, some of the Rams' biggest success has come when they hide Matthew Stafford. Um, yeah, no, that, that right. They have gone somewhat pass, uh, run heavy in, in, uh, to, try, to try to hide him. But I don't, think that, I don't think that happens here. I mean, he's been really hot uh, of late. He's been um, playing his best football as a Ram. He really yeah, right. has. And that includes the Super Bowl run when they were desperately trying to, to uh, hide him. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I do think that Kyron is, is not a great play just because the – Lions are begging the Rams to throw the ball a lot here. Uh, over the past four weeks, Kyron Williams has just 13 targets or a 9% target share. Um, his 58% route rate, I think, leaves a lot to be desired. I I don't know. I, I think he's probably bad chalk here. 
Oh, wow. Never heard of it. The fish aren't getting home? Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, no, they'll get home. But in theory, what if they didn't? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, to piggyback off Denny Kyle, are these Rams receivers just going to be running totally wild? And even if Stafford has like a bad day, say, with a bunch of turnovers, it's probably not going to matter for these Rams receivers, is it? Yeah, I don't. The thing you were saying about the, I think a lot of teams would love to see Stafford drop back a lot uh, for the opportunity to embrace volatility, especially like imagine being an underdog to Stafford and he's not in the middle of this hot streak and you have a good defense. Sure. Like maybe you try and embrace that and, and sack fumble him or pick him off. The science defense just, they have not displayed an ability to do that all season. PFF ranks them as a bottom five coverage team. They're in the well into the bottom half in terms of EPA per dropback allowed. And they get absolutely crushed by long plays through the air. That has more so been Cooper Cup or been Puka Nakua, who has a much higher ADON, about three yards higher than Cooper Cup over the past eight to 10 weeks. So I do think like both of them are great plays, but if you're looking for splash plays and this line's defense gives up those plays, it's probably Puka though. I'm not breaking ground here. I think people are generally sort of trending toward Puka being the team's true number one. Denny, you've been disappointing so far on the sick DFS plays. Uh, <laughs> normally your, your strong suit. Uh, any, anyone sick for the Detroit football lions in this game? Oh yeah, no, this is where the sickness lies. I kind of um, thought it was. <laughs> The, the Laporta injury creates uh, a new kind of sickness, I think, oh. here, because we have Josh Reynolds, uh, a former Ram. By the okay, way. Uh, this is why I, we don't like it when you actually get sick. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Reynolds, 22% target share with Laporta out for most of last week. He caught five balls for 44 yards. Uh, okay, now here's the tight end situation for Detroit, okay? Uh, D- James Mitchell, who is a guy I've heard of, uh, he led the Lions uh, tight ends in pass routes last week with Laporta injured. But but Brock Wright, who has a hip issue, has logged a full practice in both of the practices this week. So I'm thinking that it's going to be Brock Wright. But we could have a Brock Wright-James Mitchell situation. So you never know. You just don't know. You just don't know which one, which one to play. And then, guys, say Sam Laporta does actually play. Is it the kind of thing where you can't really trust him in DFS because it could be decoy, it could be only third down, it could only be in the red zone. So maybe, yeah. maybe high value snaps, but you'd have to assume limited snaps. I you would have to assume. I, I think if he's out, which I think he will be out. I mean, Amon Ra becomes this a crazy target magnet here um, in a game. I think I think the Lions will be playing from behind. Have fun staying poor if you don't put ARSB in your line. Yeah, I mean, I I have I have more FOMO fading him than anybody on this league. I forgot to ask you guys who you thought was going to win the other games. I've been forgetting. But it sounds like you really want to say Denny clearly wants to say the Rams. I mean, he doesn't want to say he did say the no. Rams. It's the Rams. I think the Lions. Uh, this this is gonna be a do- the dog level uh, coming out latest coming out party for Dan Campbell and the Lions. They're gonna out dog level. Right. These Rams in the dome. It, the Lions fans, you can tell, have been waiting for that. Like they have been going oh, on yeah. the road at home this year. This like totally, totally nuts. It's going to be a frenzied environment in Detroit Rock City, and that's the only thing that matters. What happens in the field doesn't matter at all. Yeah. I mean, it all comes <laughs> well, I mean, environment does matter. Environment it does, does matter. matter, and and they, and they are going to be hungry to beat Stafford. Wow, they're they are. Is it true? Someone told me uh, down here in Alabama. That the, so who knows what they've been reading on the internet down here, but uh, <laughs> that they were banning Matthew Stafford jerseys from the, no, no, that was like a, a joke tweet or something. But I believe Matthew Stafford's like wife responded to it or something, some like notable to say because it's uh, not pr- not it. practical or practicable to ban yes, exactly. That's from- I, I think it was a joke tweet, I don't even know if it was from the main lines account yeah, or whatever. I but. figured that was a quote internet rumor, but it did get some traction as if it were real, which is why you've heard about it. But I don't, I don't think so, yeah, even yeah. if it is, like you said, like how. Are they gonna stop it? Yeah, it's not real. But, uh, <laughs> it's uh, not real. So, I've been hearing so much Alabama. Dan Lanning is scared. By the way, is what I've heard down here. Uh, he didn't want he, the job. He's scared. He's not ready. He's scared. Um, he's the uh, the Oregon coach, right? He's the Oregon coach. They also they don't want Dabo. They do not want Dabo. Oh no! Um, don't blame. Even him. though he's even though he has multiple national titles and is no, an Alabama. I don't alum, either. They don't want Dabo. So they're on to I don't know who, but. Bill, no, I've been I got, hearing, I got I've been you, reading I got and your he, great coach in mind. Bill's free now. I, I know it's true. Uh, man, I've been hearing some of the dumbest things I've ever heard on the internet, by the way, since Nick Saban um, retired, where 
someone posted a good college football reporter. I thought posted a rather questionable tweet. Really, is Alabama even a good job, or is it just Nick Saban? It's like I don't know. If you have the two greatest coaches in the history of college football, and Bear Bryant and Nick Saban, it's probably a good job. It probably um, is. It's probably a good job. And there, and uh, as also as another one, like Alabama was just in the wilderness where they got Saban there, and then won six <laughs> national <laughs> that's, titles. That's the worst Saban. one. That's the worst. I one. know. And another and too, like uh, like Saban could have gone done this anywhere. And my re- my rejoinders in, and yet he did it at Alabama. <laughs> um, so uh, I spent well, all week demolishing your anti-Saban and anti-Alabama arguments. So what a what a horrible uh, way for Saban to go out with that last play uh, for for Alabama against Michigan. Just a, a straight dive into the middle of the line. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I call it, I call the quarterback dive hundred times out of hundred in that oh. situation. Oh. Well, that was well. That was I thought I saw people saying that that was a low snap that uh, was that Milrow right just had to take it. Like it was like a it was, it was apparently the guard was pulling and he was going to be following the guard. It was supposed to be a quarterback run. It appeared oh. and not there was rumors that it was supposed to be like a, a, a halfback pass. Not not the halfback passing it, but a pass to the running back. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he was supposed to be following the pulling guard. And the snap just nuked the whole operation. Okay, yeah. I was either way. The snap snap definitely nuked the operation, and that like it was at his feet. It was not a good snap. I have become in three days down here in Birmingham. I have become an expert in it. And I'm yeah, an sure. also you would know more than fanatical any Alabama homer now. Yeah. By the way, uh, <laughs> I've abandoned Mizzou. Um, it's a real I don't blame you. It's honestly shocking it took this long. Uh, I, I, yeah, let's uh, check the Cotton Bowl scoreboard. Why don't we? We don't never, we don't count cotton bowls where I'm from. <laughs> you actually don't. <laughs> Only Mizzou. The, the, the cotton bowl is, is a classic Ohio State. Uh, when Bill Belichick gets handed the AFC championship thing and he just passes it off like someone. Mizzou is addicted to winning cotton bowls. We've won three in the past 16 years. We they're building they're building a statue to Truman Tiger outside the Cotton Bowl, the third best football stadium in Dallas. But you didn't know that. <laughs> you got that going for you. But you didn't know that. Entering the playoffs on a one and five skid, the Philadelphia Eagles arrive in Tampa Bay, Florida, as narrow three point favorites. Kyle, although the Eagles are struggling, the Bucks are suddenly very banged up. Is this the rare playoff get right spot for the Philadelphia Eagles? They got to be healthy. Devonta Smith didn't play last week. It felt more like a. It's week eighteen. We need a, a Commanders win over the Cowboys. Let's sit Devonta. The same with DeAndre Swift's illness. But, like, Smith is definitely hurt. He didn't practice at all last week. And, obviously, A.J. Brown gets hurt. Uh, Jalen Hurts' finger was disgusting. Apparently, he's fine. But, like, they need to be healthy for this to work out because their defense cannot sustain. Like, we've seen this all year. Their defense not only can't, like, sustain them, it can't even carry half of its weight being half of the team. Like, their offense has to get going and has to put points on the board for them to inexplicably, like, imagine saying this a few months ago, Eagles got to put up a ton of points to keep up with the Bucks. Their defense just can't hang. Like, but that's the case. That is exactly that's what's true. going on. I kind of get the vibe that AJ Brown is going to play. I do think Devonta plays, and obviously DeAndre Swift is going to play. So it hurts. And in that case, it's not a great Bucks defense. It is banged up, and this is a team that is going to be forced to do the smart thing and air it out. I think at least. So it. I don't want to say get right spot because I don't think they blow out the Bucks. I think the Bucks are a good team and keep it close. But a get right spot, and that hopefully it teaches them how they have to play. Like, dude, you got to play for thirty point games if you're the Eagles at this point. Yeah, I'm not trying to be a hater, but by the, a, a, a dynamic in this game is going to be it's going to be more than fifty percent Eagles fans. By the way, hmm. like I know I'm serious. The Eagles fans are going to even though it's the playoffs, will be taking over the stadium. It's a really bad fan base for like that for the Tampa market to have come into town because we know it's like one of those transient markets with a lot of out of towners. Uh, it's going to be, I think, more than 50% Eagles fans. So they're going to have the crowd on the. Uh, hopefully, I'm not being too much of a hater here. No, no. Um, that, I mean, that's right. It's, uh, no, so God, keep insulting them. Keep <laughs> no, no, I say <laughs> I'm sure you've got more. No one in Tampa. Even, I don't even care. You know, they, they, they're just worried that Mike Norville is going to go to Alabama. Um, so, you know, that's all they care about down oh, there. Wow. You're really in on this Alabama. I, I t- I'm telling I'm a rabid, fanatical Alabama homer now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Things have changed. Well, then, when I, when you leave the airport here, though, I'll immediately turn back and all right, it was just a bad dream. I'm a Mizzou fan. <laughs> yeah. I'm a Mizzou fan. <laughs> no, it's not. It was just a bad dream. Imagine having it was just the most beautiful dream ever. My team no, had no, 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 five no. national championships or whatever they have for the past character few six six na- character through suffering, Kyle. That's what we do in Missouri. Character through mm. suffering. Uh, we have fun ex- with that, I guess. We are a state founded by the Germans. <laughs> 
uh, we're a state that we 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 root for the University of Missouri character through suffering. So that's the state slogan. It right? is <laughs> it actually is yeah, character through suffering, Missouri, and yeah, we we're wondering why we're no longer one of the big biggest states in the country. <laughs> like uh, they've been every year, they've tried to they've proposed a bill to repeal the character through suffering state. <laughs> it's and, crazy uh, they have it on all the billboards when you enter the state. I know, too. I like I think Virginia's what? like the lover state or whatever. It's kind of cute. Yeah. You see the big hearts when you go yeah. in. Character through suffering in like bold font, <laughs> ugly bold font. Have you guys? Yeah, have you guys? Now, you know, in some of these cars, when you drive through the state line, we have a Toyota Sienna. And when you cross the state line, it's it, like in its really weird robotic voice. It goes, welcome to Illinois. Are they oh, welcome no, to Mi- when Missouri? It says, welcome to Missouri. Character through suffering. And, <laughs> uh, my kids start crying. And, um, whenever we come they, back. They got to toughen up if they're going to live in Mizzou. They do. They really, 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 really do. Uh, so, wait, we're still talking about this game. Uh, Denny, can these bucks, quote, cook? Against this horrific Eagles pass defense, or is Baker Mayfield to hurt? You were acting like Baker Mayfield was like on a gurney in Week 18. Uh, I mean, he should have been. <laughs> Can he cook against the Eagles? I mean, the, I, it was obvious that the Bucks were going to let Baker meet, meet his demise on the field if that's what it took, instead of playing Kyle Trask for even one snap last week against the Panthers. Uh, Baker, you know, has a rib injury, probably serious. Um, he has an ankle injury that made it so that he could barely walk during the game last week. You know, I'm sure they'll say he's fine. He's hundred percent ready to go. I don't believe that. Uh, so I, 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 I do think that they need to shift the target uh, distribution here. They need to get it back to uh, Mike Evans season over the past five weeks. Uh, Chris Godwin is a 29% target share to 19% for Evans. Uh, that, it's just that's just not not, not going to work. A bunch of five yard checkdowns to Chris Godwin. It's not going to get it done here. If they want to win, they're going to relentlessly target Mike Evans downfield. I don't know if Baker can do that in his current physical condition. I will say though that Evans, when these teams played in the regular season, Evans was targeted on forty four percent of his routes against Philadelphia. Got went for sixty yards and a touchdown. Uh, so maybe maybe they're going to cue that up again. And just and just let it rip to Mike Evans. That I think that that's their their best chance, honestly, for uh, an upset here. This playoff game just kind of feels like the classic. There are too many regular season games, playoff games. Like these sh- teams are shells of their midseason selves. They are, yeah. And it's kind of like, what are we even doing here? Um, th- these are not like two playoff quality teams. But even the Eagles are just not a playoff quality team right now with their injuries. No, they're not. And, no. Um, uh, I will say on the Eagles side, just real quick. I know that they're struggling with a lot of. Uh, a lot of injuries, the A.J. Brown thing, Devontae Smith. Dallas Goddard is healthy, and he's playing a Bucks team that allowed the third most tight end catches on the season. Um, when these teams played in the regular season, Philadelphia tight ends were targeted 10 times. We just saw Jawan Johnson go berserk against this Tampa Bay defense in Week 17. So Dallas Goddard, don't forget about Dallas Goddard. There's a lot of, a lot of interesting tight end plays especially on the six game slate i'm i don't know what to do at tight end but i'm i'm i refuse to forget about dallas goddard i think he has he's in a really good spot so who are who are the dfs plays you guys want to stump for and bucks eagles no goddard was a really good call i think that's a, a really sharp one he just like hasn't had the year that inspires anyone but he's still i don't say he's still dallas goddard like he's probably due for some regression based on how efficient he was last year but he's still getting all of the routes they're still designing him targets as denny said it's a great matchup so i actually really like that one i think given his quiet not terrible just not explosive season he probably comes in relatively low owned as low owned as you can for whether it's a you know two three or six games late all of them he'll be relatively low owned Denny, you yeah. got anything sick or not? Yeah, uh, Goddard is. Someone like, say Quez Watkins. Like someone say Julio. No, 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 um, no, 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 no. Boston Scott. No, we're not doing <laughs> it. It's a, it is it is such a condensed as you know. It's, it's so condensed. It's like it. You know, you can get weird with the Lions. You can get weird even maybe with the Rams a little bit. But you, it's just it's just hard. Yeah, the Eagles' second stringers are just awful. <laughs> So they're, like, there's no one. Like, yeah, barely. They should like. They're like barely NFL viable. Yeah. You know, that, that. <laughs> um. Uh, on the Bucks side, uh, Trey Palmer is he hurt? Is he playing? Trey, no, yeah, he's, he's out there playing. He's he plays football still. Yeah, but Palmer. he's he's not running a ton, a ton of rounds. Rashad White is such a gross play that he might be good. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he might be good from like a check down, like PPR scammy oh, yeah. standpoint. I mean, it, it's gross. Like I I don't I don't want to play him. But the fact that I don't want to play him, that means that every nobody wants to play him. I mean, that I'm not the only one here so saying no, especially at that price point. 
So he could be sneaky from like a galaxy brand uh, brain standpoint. This is also um, the showdown game. This is the Monday night one, right? I was gonna say so who's like, in the who's in the captain? Who's in the captain? It's probably hurts. I, I think you go Mike Evans in the captain. Evans could absolutely cook in this game. Uh but I do think like you almost have to play one of the Eagles wide receiver threes. Well, I think it's Julio Jones. It's Julio. It's not Quez. I don't think it's Quez. It was Quez for like early in the year. Then he got banged up. Then they brought Julio in. Who knows? Who knows what it is? But then in the final week that they, I don't. Last week doesn't really matter for the Eagles to me. Frankly, they pull their starters at halftime, and not all the starters even played. The final week before that, Julio got a bunch of routes. It's like eighty percent. Of course, he got the two touchdowns. So I think I think Julio like. You have to at least consider him. Maybe you want to go extra contrarian with Quez, but you probably should at least consider wide receiver three on a team that could throw for 300. It's the second year in a row that the Monday night playoff games have been a really depressing game in Tampa. Um, oh, that's yeah. Great. That's really was great. La- oh, was Cowboys. Year. Cowboys demolishing Tom the final Tom Brady game. Um, Wait, Cowboys? I thought, the, I thought they lost to the Rams. Wasn't that their final game? No, no, that was uh, two years ago. It was last year was the Cowboys on Monday night in Tampa. I blacked um, yeah, it. That was yeah, you should. Brady played three years with the Rams I, or the, the no, Bucks. He did. I, I swear to God, the... he played two. No, it was three. <laughs> it was three. And, should, have been, uh, should have been one. Should have been one. I was gonna no, say I probably stop, like slowly stop, blacked stop, out the stop, second stop, stop. or the second and third because they weren't that good. Well, they almost won that Rams game. I was I was hoping the Rams were the last one because that was a dope game. That was a dope game. Uh, quote dope game. So man, you know the Bucks this year had a better record and better point differential without Tom Brady. By the way, I knew they, I knew Come they. On, I, so I'm not man. Don't blame me. I'm just like, like, like I said, it should have been what. Brady should have played one season in Tampa, won the Super Bowl, and been like, see, I could do it with anybody. I'm out of here. No, it is true. <laughs> it is true. Uh, what do you guys have on the site this week, by the way? Kyle, Denny has referenced his funnel report. Kyle, I don't know if you have anything, so sorry if you don't. No, I'm no. working on some off-season stuff. I'll probably start looking at the – well, one, I'll start looking at the rookie class of this upcoming uh, draft. But I have some rookie review dynasty stuff. It's in the hopper. But uh, I'm fostering a dog right now, so that takes yeah. priority. Well, Kyle grinds the off-season content extremely hard. That's going to be awesome. So I'm finally—I didn't know if I was gonna be able to finish it while I was on the road. By the way, I'm in Birmingham because I'm at Lindy's Publishing, working on our baseball magazine, um, helping out with the old baseball mags where we publish our football mag. Lindy is a great man. Lindy's is a great company. Thank you very much for letting me podcast from one of your spare offices. Uh, but I've managed to finish an article where it's—it's it's the kind of—it's not—it's not clickbait, but I rank the playoff field. Um, 14 to one that's coming up Thursday evening. It's on not clickbait yet. You have the bucks at two. Steelers at one Mason Rudolph is for real. Um, so I have the Steelers. Uh, as the number one team. Yeah, check that out. Check out the funnel report. Uh, check out our shows from earlier this week. A lot of really great stuff all week. Keep it locked to rotoworld.com for all the injury news. And by the way, Kyle, you're working alone on Friday afternoon. Um, I haven't told you this yet. That's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so, sorry, Zach's gone. That's fine. <laughs> so, These shifts are easy. There's a way yeah, if you were so, so for Kyle, for Denny, I'm Pat, for Lindy. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back Sunday evening. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.